The most important person that talks to you, aside from the Lord, is you. Now, let me tell you something else that's true. Nobody talks to you more than you. Think about that. Nobody on earth talks to you more than you do. You are having a conversation with yourself all day, every day. You've had a conversation with yourself on the way here. You're probably talking to yourself right now, saying, where is he going with this? But we talk to ourselves all the time. And sometimes we build a case against ourselves. Sometimes we build a case for ourselves. But the bottom line is sometimes we don't even stop to think of what it is we're saying to ourselves. Are we speaking what God says? Are we saying what the enemy says? Are we running ourselves down? Are we picking ourselves up? Are we saying things that are against us or for us? Is what we're saying to ourselves in agreement with the will of God? Or is it what we're coming up with on our own? Or even worse, what the enemy is giving to us or that culture out there that is very sick? Amen? Sometimes we're involved in stinking thinking and don't even know it. And so today... I want to show you that David knew how to talk to himself. He knew how to pull himself out of a pit. He knew how to address himself. And he he did it in three simple steps. And I want to share those three simple steps with you. But let's read a psalm that you know uh, very well, more than likely I sure do. Psalms 42.5. It's so good and so brief. Let's read it together. It's right up there on the screen or is about to be. There it is. So read it with me. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I will yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Isn't that good? Isn't that good stuff? Now, let's pray together, and then I'm going to talk to you about this verse. Lord, thank you for your blessing on the house of God. Lord, we're in a day of intense warfare. Lord, the enemy is all about us in our culture. And if there's ever a day, Lord, we need to have godly thinking and godly conversations with ourselves and build ourselves up in the most holy faith, it's now. So, Lord, as we look at what David did and how he talked to himself and pulled himself out of the blues, I pray that you will help us to do the same. Many in here, Lord, are struggling with various things. Struggling maritally, struggling financially, struggling with maintaining faith and hope in hard times. And I just pray, Lord, that you'll help us with this today. Help us with this. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to minister a word right to us in the name of Jesus. Now, would you breathe a prayer and say, Lord, change my thinking today. Pick me up today and strengthen my faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him it's okay to talk to yourself. Tell him it's okay to talk to yourself. (laughs) Now, I don't know about you, but I talk to myself a lot. I mean, I talk right out loud to myself. Let me ask a a question. How many of you talk to yourself, tell the truth, uh, fairly regularly? How many of you do it out loud? How many of you do it in rush hour traffic? Oh, look at that, went way up there. We won't ask you what you say in rush hour traffic. But here's the deal. God made us like him. God made us 
like him in that he is tripartite. That is, he's made of three parts or three beings. He is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. So he made us like him this way. We have a body, soul, and a spirit. And we are the only creation of God that can talk to itself. A dog can't talk to itself. Uh, um, you know, a squirrel can't talk to itself. Birds can't talk to themselves. But we can. We can literally converse with ourselves. We can carry on a conversation with ourselves, and we do it all the time. If you look in the Bible, you'll see that God addresses himself all the time. God can do that, and we can do that. God gave us that ability. Now, since we have that ability, it matters greatly what we say to ourselves. Now, the backdrop to this psalm is David is struggling with negative emotions. He is being flooded with negative emotions uh, because more than likely this psalm was written when he was fleeing from his son, Absalom, who was trying to overthrow him. If you can imagine your own child trying to overthrow you and say, steal your business or steal whatever it is you do and is bad-mouthing you and actually wants to kill you, you have some of what David is going through here. Now, he's saying the same things. He, he repeats the same words three times, twice in Psalms 42, once in Psalms 43. So they really ought to be one psalm because the two psalms, Psalms 42 and 43, have the same thing. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I will yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Three times he talks to himself that way. He's trying to talk himself out of the blues. If you read Psalms 42 from stem to stern, you'll see that he's, he's, he's first missing church. He's missing because he has been driven out of his kingdom. He has been driven into the woods with uh, certain loyalists who have gone with him. And now he's in the woods hiding from Absalom, hiding from Absalom's army. Absalom doesn't want to just defeat him. He wants to kill him. He knows he's running for his life. So he's out in the woods and he's missing, one thing he's missing is going to the house of God with the people of God and worshiping God. He says, my, my soul is thirsty for you. My heart is longing for you to go with the, the throng into the house of God and to worship God. He says, I want to go to the house of God with my fellow believers and I'm, I'm missing worshiping God with God's people. He confesses that he's like a deer panting for water brooks, which is a sign of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is always likened to water. He says, I'm panting for the water brooks, the moving of the Spirit of God. I want the moving of the Spirit of God. I want to experience God in the sanctuary with other worshipers. He's down. He's in the mully grubs. He's got the blues. He, his, his emotions are a wreck. And he can't sleep at night. He says, my tears have been my food day and night. All night long I'm crying. All day I'm crying. I can't stop weeping as I run here in the woods and hide in caves and under the trees and under the stars. I can't quit crying for what has happened to my kingdom, what has happened to my son, what has happened to my world. 
He's spiraling now. He said, I'm cast down. I'm discouraged. I feel defeated. I don't know what to do. I'm looking to God, but I'm really feeling like my world has collapsed. Now, he has a choice here. He, he, he's really being defeated on the inside before the outside story is even told. Will I be restored to my kingdom? I don't know. Will Absalom be defeated or will I? I don't know. It's in God's hands. But, but now he sees that he's about to lose any victory on the inside before the outside story is even told. So he says, he says I'm going to have to pull myself out of this. I got to pull myself out of the blues. You know, you know, sometimes folks, there are certain things we should not entertain forever. I think we ought to have a time limit on how long we allow ourselves to be down, to be blue. I think we need to say, you know what? Uh, I'll do it this long, but there's going to come a time where I'm going to put the ixnay on this. I'm going to come around because I serve a mighty God who is on my side and I'm not going to let myself stay down. I'm not going to let myself stay down. Now, what we're about to see is how David knows how to pull himself out of the blues by talking to himself. He's going to do three things with talking to himself. And these three things, listen, I've used these. I've done this. It works. I wouldn't preach something to you that didn't work. And if it's in the word of God, you can know that it works. And, and this is how David, he said, I'm going to have to come out of this because I'll never fight a good fight out here if I'm defeated in here. I've got to get victory in here, and that'll decide the level of my victory out here. Amen? So here's what he does. He first confronts himself. Then he encourages himself. And then he prophesies to himself. So I want you to say with me, he confronts himself. He encourages himself. And then he prophesied to himself. Now, a dog can't do that. A cat can't do that. A bird can do that. Can't do that. But you can. And I can. So I want to deal with these uh, uh, one at a time. But before I do, let me talk to you about how important it is what you say to yourself. No one is more influential in your life than you are because no one talks to you more than you do. Now, I'm going to say that again because it's so important. No, no one is more influential in your life than you are because nobody talks to you more than you do. You converse with yourself more than you do anybody else. You converse more with yourself than you do anything. From the moment we get up in the morning to the time we go back to bed at night, we are conversing with ourselves all day long. Conversations are going on. Even our dreams are manifestations of the way we talk to ourselves. Our dreams are symbolic, and, and, it, and it's you talking to you in dream language. The things you say to you about you, oh, that's so important. The things you say to you about you, the things you tell yourself about yourself, See, a lot of times we don't even know we're doing it. We're just driving down the road or sitting there at work, and we got a conversation going on in our hearts and in our minds, and it's all about us talking to us about us. And it can be good or bad. It can be positive or negative. It can be godly or ungodly. See, it's so important who we allow to define us. Oh, i got to talk to you about this for a minute. It is so important who you allow to define you. 
Do you know the devil wants to define you? Do you know the world, the culture out there wants to define you? And do you know that God wants to define you? I I decided a long time ago, nobody was going to define me but God. Because I realized there were days that I built a case against myself and I was defining myself in a way that God did not define me. And there were times in my past that people said things to me that were negative, that were defining of me. And the the day came, I had to flush those things out of my mind because what they had said to me that was defining over me was not what God said about me. And I had to reject it because I will not allow anyone to tell me who I am but God. See, see, the culture wants to define every Christian. If you're a Christian, says the culture, you ought not talk about Christ. You ought not call wrong, right, or, or wrong, wrong, and right, right. See, they're all into calling wrong, right, and right, wrong. And they want us to do the same. And they want to define us so that if we don't go with the culture, we are bigots, we are this and we are that. But I do not receive any of that. I'm not going to let the culture define me. I'm going to let Jesus define me. Amen? Jesus is going to define me. Oh, this is so important because you'll never do the will of God for your life until you allow God to define who you are. Jesus called people, and and, and as soon as he called them, he defined them. He called Peter and John, and he said, follow me, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. That was defining. You have been fishers of fish your whole life, but I'm going to make you to become. I love that. I'm going to make you to become. Peter and John, if I didn't call you, who you are is who you're going to be the rest of your life. But since I've called you, I'm going to make you to become. I'm in the shaping business. I'm going to change who you are. I am going to put things in you that you could never put in yourself. I'm going to do things with you you could never do for yourself. I'm going to take you places you could never go without me. I'm going to define you. He he said to his followers, he said, you are, everybody say, I am. That's defining. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a called out people. You are, you are, you are, you are. See how the Bible defines us? But we've got to be real careful what we say to ourselves about ourselves. So I wake up in the morning and I say, I am a called, blood-bought, spirit-filled child of God. There's a destiny on my life. I'm called to do the will of God. I am empowered to do the will of God. I'm gifted to do the will of God. And I'm going to fulfill what he's called me to do because God is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? The things you say to you about you, the things you say to you about God, the things you say to yourself about others and circumstances in your life are so important because they decide the way that we respond to life and adversity. In trying times, you can talk yourself into depression, despair, hopelessness, defeat, unbelief. But you can also, in trying times, talk yourself into encouragement, hope, and victory In the midst of highly stressful, really it couldn't be more stressful in David's life than right here, right now, 
David decided to talk himself out of the blues and into a place of victory. So let me show you what he did. First of all, he confronted himself. He confronted himself. He says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Who's he talking to? Himself. He says, he, he, it's like he, he, he realizes what's going on. His thinking has been going south. And he says, wait a minute. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? He's, he's getting on to himself. He's confronting himself. He's saying, you know what? What are you doing thinking this way? Because negative thoughts were flooding his soul. He was listening to them. He was entertaining them. And then even worse, he was agreeing with them. But then he had a moment, sort of an epiphany. He, He realized what was going on, and he confronts his own soul. He says, soul, soul, hey, you, soul, self, why are you so down? You're acting like you have no God. Like he doesn't know or care. What are you doing? Hadn't God been good to you? Hasn't he helped you before? Hadn't he come through for you over and over again? Why, oh soul, would you be disquieted, unsettled, and uncertain? Why have you lost your peace? God's a mighty God. He's faithful. He's always come through for you. And if he did it, then he's going to do it again. What are you doing down, oh my soul? And he talked to himself. Now, if today somebody came over to your house after church, especially after you ate, and they knock on the door, and you go to the door, and they're standing there with a full-grown skunk in their arms. They said, I've come to say hello. And and, you mind if I come in? Now, now, I'm just guessing that most everybody in here would say, you're not coming in my house with that skunk, as a matter of fact, you're welcome to get off my porch and make your way out of my yard and go back where you came from. Would you not? Then why don't we do that with some thoughts that are stinking thinking and they come knocking on the door of our house, the door of our soul. There needs to be a time when we say, wait a minute, you're not coming into my mind. You're not coming into my thoughts. That is stinking thinking. I'm taking a stand. I'm putting my foot down. There's a line in the sand and we stop and confront ourselves. Most of us never stop to think about confronting ourselves. Other people confront us. You know, why are you acting this way? Why are you doing this? Why'd you say that? Why'd you go there? Why, why this? Why that? But, but how about talking straight to our own soul of literally facing down our thoughts and emotions when they are stinking thinking, when they're going south, when your thoughts are going sideways and, and, and saying, what's up with you? Why are you thinking this way? I'm not just suggesting you look in a mirror and give yourself a pep talk and sing, there is none like you, which some of you might do. I think there's some people in our culture that do that. Get up every day and look in the mirror and sing, there is none like you. But watch, the Bible says it's it's serious because it, it matters how you think because thoughts have consequences. As a man thinks in his heart, that's what he's gonna be. Paul the Apostle said, let me talk to you about your inner conversations. He said, fix your thoughts on what is true and good and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely. 
and dwell on the fine good things in other people. Think about all you can praise God for and be glad about. Now he's, he's talking there about what we think about. But see, what we think about is what decides our inner conversations. What we're thinking about is the stuff inner conversations is made of. So he said, whatever is true, whatever is honest, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, if there be any any virtue, anything praiseworthy, think, set your thoughts, fix your thoughts on these things. Amen? Amen? In his book on spiritual depression, there was such a good quote, I had to bring this. Martin Lloyd-Jones writes this, you have to take yourself in hand. You have to address yourself, preach to yourself, question yourself. You must say to your soul, why are you cast down? What business do you have to be disquieted? You must exhort yourself instead of muttering in this depressed, unhappy way. And that's just what David did. He caught himself going negative and and he said, that's it. And And he put the skunk out and he said, he, he confronted himself and said, hey, my soul, why are you disquieted? What are you doing going this way? Hasn't God always helped you and won't he help you again? I want to ask you, how many of you can say, God has never failed me? Raise your hand. Say, God has never failed me. Amen? And even when you thought he was failing you, you look back now and see that he wasn't failing you at all. Amen? How many of you can say, God let me down? Is anybody going to say, God let me down? But how many can say, he's never let me down? How many can say, he's true to his word? Amen? And how many of you can look to a point in your life where God set you free, delivered you, provided for you, came through for you, did a miracle for you? Come on, give him praise. So here's the deal. If he did it then, he'll do it again. He hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if God came through for us back then, he's going to do it again. I love that song that says he'll do it again. He's going to do it again. He hasn't changed. He's going to do it again. So David is confronting himself. The second thing he does is he encourages himself. He commands his soul with three words. He says, Hope in God. David, what are you doing? Hope in God. Why are you thinking this way? Hope in God. Soul, hope in God. Because our hope is in God. Our hope is not in men. Our hope is not in fate. Our hope is not in circumstances. Our hope is not even in our own strength because our own strength will fail us. But those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Hope thou in God. Can we say it together? Hope in God. Say it again, hope in God. Some of you need to talk to yourself today and say, hey, it may look bad, but hope in God. Put your hope in God. If you read the Psalms, this is a theme that David talks about over and over again. Let me read a couple of them to you. He says, give us help from trouble, for the help of man is useless. Through God we will do valiantly, for it is he who will tread down our enemies. 
Psalms 31, 24. Be strong and let your heart take courage. All you who what? Hope, hope in the Lord. Psalm 62, verse five. My soul, wait in silence for God only. For my hope is from where? From him. Psalm 71, 14. As for me, I will do what? Hope continually. Did he say once a year? Does he say hope from time to time? Does he say hope every once in a while? No, he says my manner of life is I hope continually and I will praise you yet more and more. Notice the correlation between continual hope and an uptick in your praise life. The more you hope in God, the more you will praise God. So if you've got hope in your heart today, let's give the Lord a shout of praise and say, thank you, Jesus. Hope will keep you afloat. Hope. There were once two identical twins. They were alike in every way but one. One was a hope-filled optimist who only saw the bright side of life. And the other was a dark pessimist who only saw the downside of everything. The parents were so worried about the extremes of optimism and pessimism in their boys, they took them to the doctor and he suggested a plan. He said, on their next birthday, give the pessimist a shiny new bike, but give the optimist a pile of manure. It seemed a fairly extreme thing to do. After all, the parents had always treated their boys equally. But in this instance, they decided to try the doctor's advice. So when the twins' birthday came around, they gave the pessimist the most expensive, top-of-the-range, slick, shiny racing bike a child has ever owned. And when he saw the bike, the first words out of his mouth were, no doubt I'll crash and break my leg. How many of you have some of those in your life? Don't no, just, Yeah. To the optimist, they gave a carefully wrapped box of manure. He opened it. He looked puzzled for a moment. Then he ran outside screaming, you can't fool me where there's this much manure. There's a pony out here somewhere. You know, I tell you something, when God is in your life and God is for you, no matter what you go through, no matter how much manure you have to wade through, there's a pony in there somewhere. God's going to bring a pony out of it. God's going to give you a pony out of it. For God is for you, and if he's for you, who can be against you? And he makes all things work together for the good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He brings a pony out of every problem. David confronted himself. David encouraged himself. And finally, this is so important. David prophesied to himself. Look what he said. He said, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Now, now the word yet there makes it prophetic. He's saying things look bad now, but I believe I'm yet. I believe things are going to change yet. I don't believe this is the final chapter in the book. I believe that since I know God and God is a miracle working God and a prayer answering God, then I know that I can, that he can change things on a dime. So here's what I'm saying. I'm prophesying over my future and I am saying I'm going to yet praise him. Today is dark, but tomorrow is going to shine again. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. It may be dark today, but it's going to be bright tomorrow. I will yet praise him. Everybody say yet. I will yet praise him. 
You know, the reason this is so important, because if you don't prophesy over you and allow the word of God to prophesy over your future, then something else will. Can I tell you, the devil loves to prophesy over Christians. He loves to get into your brain, into your thoughts without you realizing it's him and tell you things like, you're not going to make it. Your marriage isn't going to make it. Your, your job is going to fall through. You're going to get sick. You're not going to be able to do the will of God. You're never going to conquer this habit. He begins to prophesy over your future in hopes that he will get you down and believe it so that now you're walking around with this burden on your back and people say, what's wrong? Oh, I'm just so afraid that, you know, they're passing out pink slips at my, at my work and I'm afraid I'm going to get one. Or I've got this pain and I'm so afraid I'm going to get a bad report from the doctor. Or boy, things are shaky in my marriage right now. I'm afraid it's going to fall through. Well, where'd you get that? Well, I don't know where I got it. It's just what I'm thinking. And you haven't stopped to think. It's the devil prophesying over your future, wanting you to believe that bad things are coming and not good. And that's why you got to talk to yourself. That's why you got to grab hold of the promises of God and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why are you disquieted within me, O my soul? I will yet praise him. For God says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a future and to give you a hope. I'm not going down. I'm going through. Sometimes you got to get up in the morning and say, I don't receive these negative thoughts about myself. I'm going to prophesy what God says about me. It may look bad today, but that's just today. Things can change tomorrow. God says, I'm going to take you there. If God is for me, who can be against me? He always makes us triumph in Christ. Look out, devil. You may feel like you've got your foot on my neck, but my God is going to take you down in my life, and I'm going to be set free, and I'm going to be delivered, and I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Come on, church. You got to talk to yourself. You got to talk to yourself. In David's case, his own son had turned against him. He'd lost his kingdom and didn't know if he was ever going to get it back. Half his people had left him. He's running for his life like a fugitive. His circumstances could hardly have been worse. But in the midst of the darkest hour of his life, he said, hey, I will yet praise him. I am not going to believe the report of the enemy. Whose report will you believe? The lie of the devil or the word of God? I'm challenging you, church, here at Turning Point. I want you to know the devil lies. How do you know he's lying if he's talking? And if he's talking, he's lying. And he'll tell you, you're going down. You're not going to make it. You're going to fail. But God says, no, 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 no. My hand is on you. My anointing is on you. My spirit it is in you. I'm going to raise you up. No weapon formed against you will prosper. 
and every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you will condemn. We need to say to the devil and to ourselves, God won't leave me like this. I serve a God of breakthrough, the same God who carried Israel across the mighty sea, the same God who delivered Daniel in the lion's den, the same God who stepped into the burning fiery oven with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and brought them out without even the smell of smoke on themselves. That's the God I serve. So I'm prophesying over myself. Amen. I tried this this morning. I got up this morning. I said, well, I know what I'm preaching. So let me try it just fresh and anew. So I stood in the living room. Now, when the alarm went off this morning, first thing I did was talk to myself. It can't be. First thing I said to myself, it can't be. And then the second thing, oh, I feel so tired. But then I remember what I was preaching. I got up and I stood in the middle of my bedroom and, and I began to do this. And I confronted myself and I said, come on, Jeff, don't think down things. This is the day of the Lord. This is the day of the Lord. It's the Lord's day. The Lord's people are coming together. We're going to have a great service. God's already gone ahead of you. God has already prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Your cup is going to run over. Yeah, you're going to leave today rejoicing over what God has done. It's going to be a day when God brings surprises. God's people are going to be blessed, healed, delivered. We're going to have a great, great day. And before I knew it, I talked myself up and I was praising God. My dog's there in the bedroom with me looking at me like, yeah, you got it now, man. I said to myself, my God is going to break through. I may not know how or when, but I know he's coming. I know I'm his child. I know he's in control. I know he's greater than my problems. I know that he that began a good work in me and in us will complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. And I prophesied to myself and over you. In a dark hour of inner struggle, David said, I can either spiral down and sink for good in these negative emotions, which will assure I don't win out here, or I can talk to myself. So he confronted himself. What are you doing? Then he encouraged himself, hope in God. Then he prophesied to himself, God's going to come through for you. He's going to change things. He's going to carry you through to a better day. And we know that God restored David's kingdom to him and gave him the victory. But when he said this, it had not happened yet. But he set the stage. Have you talked to yourself about some of the things you think? Have you prophesied over yourself lately? When you are thinking about you, are you thinking my future looks bright or my future looks grim? I want to encourage you, prophesy the promises of God to yourself. Can we stand together today? Say with me, he confronted himself. He encouraged himself. He prophesied to himself. Amen. Isn't that good stuff? Isn't that good stuff? Amen. You remember when he came back from the Philistines and they wouldn't even let him and his men fight with them. So he was coming back to Ziklag dejected and already blue. But then in the distance they see smoke rising into the sky, their hearts sink, and they go, 
Oh, no. Because in Ziklag were their wives, their children, all of their belongings. And as they drew near, they saw that it had been raided, that his wives and children and all the wives and children of his men had been kidnapped by the Amalekites. And there was nothing but a pile of burning embers in the city. And David, man, his heart went into his gut. And then he heard his men whispering, I've had it with this guy. Everywhere we go with him, there's trouble. And they spoke of stoning him, which is the same thing today as if we heard somebody talking about shooting us. They stoned them back then. They said, let's just stone him. Kill him. He's hearing his own men say, let's kill him. And man, he went down. But the Bible says, David got on his knees. And it says, David encouraged himself. And the Lord is God. Notice there was nobody there to encourage him. He had to encourage himself. But he got on his knees and, he, and, and I believe he did this. He confronted himself. He encouraged himself. And he prophesied to himself. He said, God, do I go and chase down the Amalekites? And God said, go, you'll recover all. He stood up and said, come on, man, put those rocks down. Follow me. We're about to see a victory. And they ran and chased the Amalekites down, defeated them totally, got all of their stuff back, their wives, their children. And David didn't know it, but that day Saul was being killed. And God was setting him up to take the kingdom. It was literally the darkest before the dawn. And he made it because he talked to himself. Amen. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Father, thank you that you're a God who carries us, helps us, leads us, strengthens us, upholds us. Lord, we thank you And now, Lord, we come to you with every burden in our life. Now, if you needed this today, if you're really dealing with something and and you needed to hear this and and you need to confront yourself and encourage yourself and prophesy over yourself, I'm not going to call you down, but I want you to raise your hand and give give a wave. Say, I needed this. I need to do this. I've got to do this. I need to do this today. Amen. Many, many, many of you, let's just do it together. I want you to say with me, Lord, I bring to you my burden. I bring to you my discouragement, my sense of defeat. And Lord, I'm confronting myself. I'm putting a line in the sand. I will no longer allow my thoughts to go south, to go negative into stinking thinking. But I encourage myself. Lord, I put my hope in God. Say it again. I put my hope in God. And Lord, I prophesy over myself that good things are coming. God is going to give me victory. God will lead me, speak to me, deliver me, comfort me, uphold me, carry me to the other side. I'm going to get where God wants me to go. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to achieve what God wants me to achieve. Come on, church. I'm prophesying over myself. Now say, Lord, help me to do this. If I have to do it 20 times a day until breakthrough comes, help me to do this in Jesus' name. 
So let's say it together. Confront. Encourage. Amen. Prophesy. Yes. Yes, Lord. Well, I needed this. Amen. 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 I'm going to give you a little something before I let you go. In the days that are coming on this country, you're going to need to know how to do this. You're going to need to know how to do this. Right now, you need to know how to do this. Because sometimes you're going to be in a situation. No one's going to be there to encourage you. But you can talk to yourself. Amen? Amen.
We hope you were blessed by Pastor Jeff's message today. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. By the word of God. That is so right. If today you were touched by the word of God, we want to hear from you. You can connect with us online on our website, tpcfamily.org. Go to the watch live button, scroll down to the video player, and you will see several options there. You can connect with us, submit a prayer request, or share with us that you just received Jesus in salvation. You can also call us directly by calling 817-293-3111. And again, thank you so much for tuning in, and we look forward to seeing you again.